today we're going to be looking at what a holy life looks like. What a living, devoted, and holy lives looks like. Our scripture reference is from 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. As you turn there, I'll invite people that, uh, I'll encourage people to bring their Bibles to church. Uh, whether your Bible is a is a, a physical Bible or a digital Bible, whatever the device you have, it is always very good to have a Bible, a notepad and a pen. And uh, the reason being is because we have to, as believers, always do our due diligence and not believe everything that is spoken um, uh, in concerning the Word of God from an, any platform. We should be like the Berean church. The Bible says that the Berean believers, they were not like any other believers for they went back and they searched the scriptures to see if what Paul was speaking was true. And so we ought to always be people, not to check whether people are lying or, or, or not telling the truth. We ought to be believers that go back and search the scriptures for ourselves. And so in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1, the word of God says the following, and it will come up for those who do not, didn't bring their Bibles today. You are feeling so cold, you forgot your Bible. It will come up. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1, it says, since we have these promises, beloved, that word beloved me is a, in, a term of endearment that God uses for his children uh, or to the church. It is the only term that uh, we see God using in describing his children or the church. It says, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. So today, before I, um, we, 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 we go straight into what I need to share, First and foremost, I think it is important that we are all on the same page and we leave no man or woman behind. Because when it comes to talking about holiness, it is a subject that has its extremes in the body of Christ. It is a, a subject that um, uh, is very, it can be very extreme uh, when you talk of holiness. There are two extreme sides of holiness. There is on the one side, there is the legalist. On the other end, they are the liberals. On the legalist end, there are those. these are those on the extreme legalist end. These are those who believe that everything is a sin. Wearing jeans to church is a sin. Wearing shorts to church is a sin. Not wearing your Sunday best, your suit, tie, is a sin. Praying whilst wearing a hat or a cap is a sin. Drinking coffee in church is a sin. I think it covers the whole church today here. Therefore, you are all in sin. Their doctrine is based on the do's and don'ts. It is based on um, uh, the beautification or the performance of the outward man rather than the the expression of the finished work of the inward man in Christ Jesus. They are so sin conscious rather than Christ conscious. In Colossians 2 verse 20 to 23, it says the following. 
if with Christ you died to the elemental spirit of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and ascetism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Rules and regulations seem like a very wise tool in curbing and reining in the flesh, but they do a very, very bad job in doing it. It's a shoddy job. They are just a stopgap measure, which never works. On the other end, we have the liberals. These are the hyper, hyper grace people. Before we continue, I will give you, I'll put up my hand and say, I am one of those who believes in the grace of God. Because I was once a person who was sliding to the legalistic end. And, one, and I came to the end of myself. And the grace of God dawned in my spirit as a Christian, not before I was born again. And it dawned in, my, in me, and I saw the grace of God. But in this camp, there are those who believe sin is an, I mean, grace is an opportunity to sin. The word of God says in Galatians 5 verse 13, You have been called to freedom, but do not use freedom for the flesh. All of us have been called to freedom, but do not use freedom for the flesh. And so they believe that all they need to do when they sin, continuously sin, on the same sin that they happen to be struggling with, all they need to do is go before God and ask Him for forgiveness and God will forgive them. And yes, God will forgive you. But they conveniently neglect to remember that the Word of God says that the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, teaching us to be self-controlled, to live upright and live godly lives. That's Titus 2 verse 11. Now, before you shoot down either of the parties, I'll say of the grace party, grace is never a license to sin. Then I will say to those who are the legalists, how are you doing? It's a question. How are you doing with all your statutes, your ordinances, your rules, your laws, your regulations? How are you doing in keeping them? The problem I see with both these, these sides is that of either sides, they took a teaching and they ran with it and overran it. And we normally see this in the body of Christ. People take a teaching, take a truth, and they shoot and they forget the whole counsel from the Word of God. In, as, I, as you read the Word of God, you will notice that there is a balance in the Word of God. And that balance is never found in teachings, but it is found 
in the person of Jesus Christ. The word of God says Jesus is grace and truth. He, Jesus, is grace and truth. In Jude 4, the word of God says the following, Jude 4. It says for certain, the reason why I'm saying Jude 4, there is no other chapter in Jude. So we normally just say Jude 4. There's no other chapter. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people will pervert the grace of God to into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the reason why most people struggle with sin, struggle to live holy lives, separated, devoted, and dedicated lives, and that's what holiness means. It's not some big word, some, some spiritually big word. It just means separated. The reason why people struggle to re, to to, to live holy lives, and you can correct me on this, is because of the revelation they have of Christ. Some people have a wrong revelation of Christ, which is not biblically based. Other people have a partial revelation of Christ, and other people just have a convenient revelation of Christ. On the partial and convenient revelation of Christ, most people have this revelation of Christ just been their bestie. Their friend, their homie, their their buddy, their 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 their, their chomi, and full stop. That's what they they have, and it is a very very convenient revelation of Jesus Christ. John says, and it's very true. Jesus Christ is our friend, but John says in John, it says that he called himself the one whom Christ loved. That's such a beautiful way of describing yourself the one whom Christ loves last week we spoke about being compelled by the love of Christ being convinced by the love of Christ but this same John who says the one whom Jesus loved the one with the same John who would lie on the lap of Jesus Christ in Revelation he is now on his knees as he sees Jesus Christ for who he truly is. Therefore, ladies and gentlemen, as the word of God says, For now onwards we regard no one according to the flesh. For once we regarded Jesus Christ according to the flesh, but no longer. That's what the word of God says. We no longer regard Jesus Christ according to just the Gospels we see in the flesh, who Jesus Christ was. We ought to regard Jesus Christ in the Spirit, which we truly is. So there is a revelation of Jesus Christ that we ought to always be aware of. As it says in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1, In this revelation, holiness is completed. It is executed and performed, implying that Without this revelation, your holiness is incomplete. And what is this revelation? As it says in Jude, Jesus is our master and our Lord. Jesus is our master and is our Lord. Jude is the brother of Jesus Christ. Talking like that. Actually, in Jude 1, it says, uh, it says the following. He talks about uh, how... Um, he is the brother of James and 
the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't say the brother of Jesus. He says the brother of James. He differentiates that yes, I may have been the brother of Jesus in the flesh, but he is my Lord and Master. In Revelations 19 verse 16, it says on his robe, on his thigh, is written a name, King of kings and Lord of lords. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ is our master and is our Lord. The word master means he's the absolute ruler. He is a king. The word Lord means him to him to, to whom a thing belongs or a person belongs, about which he, the Lord, has absolute power of deciding. He is the owner and he is the he controls. The thing that he owns. Those two words talk about authority and ownership. And how many of us know that in life you can be in authority over something but not be the owner of that thing? And on the other side, you can be the owner of a thing and not have authority over it. The question is, are you the owner? But God is the absolute ruler. He is the sovereign one, the I am. God made the heavens and the earth. He is the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. He is the living one, the firstborn of the dead. He is the mighty one, the all-conquering one. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. But he is also the owner of those who have come to him. And we see in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 to 20, it says the following. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 to 20. It says, Oh, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own. For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So our devotion to Christ is to glorify God in our bodies. Because we do not belong to ourselves. He is our owner. He is our king. And so when you have an a revelation of Jesus Christ as your authority, and as your, your owner, your walk and your talk will be different. That, ladies and gentlemen, is called the fear of God. And that is what the title of my message is today, the fear of God. And without the fear of God, your holiness is in. Now, the fear of God is not as some people assume it is. It's not you walking around, looking over your shoulder, wondering when God is going to send that lightning bolt toward you. That, ladies and gentlemen, is an advanced spiritual GPS guided weapon based from Binga or Maswing. It is only manufactured in those areas in Zimbabwe. It is not you wondering, when is God going to get even with me? It's 
not watching too many Italian movies. God is God the Father, but he's not that type of Godfather. If you walk around having that kind of mindset, it is a clear indication that you have an unhealthy and dysfunctional relationship with God. That's how that's what it means. You have an unhealthy and dysfunctional relationship with God. Maybe you don't understand the love of God. Maybe you don't understand the plans that God has to, for you. Plans for good and not for evil. Maybe there are one or more areas in your life that you need to get right with God. Whatever that may be. The fear of God does not, does not have anything to do with you being terrified of God. The fear of God is a respect and the reverence of God. It is not just a reverential awe of God. Of God's power and his righteous retribution. It is a wholesome trade of displeasing God. You can never please God without a deep-seated uh, reverence of, or of God uh, uh, inside of you. Or you being, being uh, in, in, in awe of God. You can never please God at any cost. Not my will be done, but your will. And Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid the ultimate price for him because he was in reverence of God. And that's what it means. In Hebrews 12, verse 28 to 29, the word of God says, Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and let us worship God in reverence and in awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Your God is a consuming fire. And that, my friends, is the appropriate response that we can give to our Creator and Redeemer. To worship Him in reverence and in awe. That is how we ought to worship God. Without which, you can never live a devoted and pure, sincere, devoted life unto God. Without the fear of God, Romans 3 verse 10 to 18 shows us the life that we would live. Romans 3 verse 10 to 18. It says the following. As it is written, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The venom of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery lie in their way. The way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's a life that's lived without the fear of God. A life lived without the fear of God is a life undevoted to God. Proverbs 16 verse 6 says, By the fear of God, 
one keeps away from evil. It is only through the fear of God that we can live holy lives unto God. There's a scripture that I normally use to illustrate the impact that one, when, when the revelation of God is revealed to you, what really happens in that individual. And that's found in Isaiah 6 verse 1. Isaiah 6 verse 1. For five chapters, Isaiah is prophesying of a God that he does not know. He is receiving messages from a God that he has heard of, but he really has never met him. He is receiving SMSs and text messages from this God. And all he is doing is he is just relaying those messages to the people that he is sent to. That's all Isaiah is doing. But Isaiah 6 verse 1. It is like, sorry, before I get into Isaiah 6 verse 1. It is like you getting a message from a very powerful person in the world. And all you are doing is just relaying the message for the person. You're just a spokesperson, but you've never met that person. So Isaiah just has the official Twitter account or Instagram, Instagram account that God uses. That's all he has. Isaiah 6 verse 1, something changes. He says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. It does not say, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw God. It says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. In the year certain things die in your life, you will see the Lord. The name Uzziah means my strength is God, not my strength is the Lord. My strength is God. And there are so many things that in life we, we get our strength from and eventually they become our God. It may be your cell phone, maybe your home, your house, your wealth, your abilities. It may be your work, maybe your family, maybe relationships. It may be even be your church or the man of God. You get strength from it and it becomes a God in your life. Without it, you can't do anything. It becomes a God. These things, they sap the, the devotion that we ought to be given to God. They take it away because they are a God in our lives. In Exodus, Jesus, I mean, God says the following, You shall not have any gods before me. You shall not make any idol in the, in the form of anything in heaven, above, earth, below, and the waters beneath. In Colossians, the word of God says that idolatry is as, as the sin of witchcraft. I'll stop there. I won't call anyone anything. But it's as the sin of witchcraft. In the day, those things that are reigning as king, just as King Uzziah was reigning as king in Isaiah's life, in the day or year that thing eventually dies in your life or is put away in your life, you will see the Lord. 
continues. In Isaiah 6 verse 1. Sitting upon a throne. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. High and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And so when Isaiah has this revelation of God. He sees God for who he is. He sees God in his magnificence. The following is his response in Isaiah 6 verse 5. Isaiah 6 verse 5 says, And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. That is his response. So when Isaiah sees God, he has a wow moment of God, but he also has a oh me moment of himself. Ladies and gentlemen, the fear of God and the reverence of God, it, it, it makes us aware of our need for the love of God and His grace, just as it did in my life. It, makes me, it made me aware of His love and His grace. And before Him, when we stand, we stand naked, without Christ. All our efforts to try and, and be righteous, to try and be holy, they are like fig leaves. They just wither in His presence. They don't stand before Him. Therefore, the fear of the Lord means you being constantly aware of His presence. You are constantly aware of His presence. And you are accountable to Him which affects every attitude and action in your life. That's what it does. For in God's presence, we only see His holiness. When we see God, we are only aware of His holiness. Just like the four living creatures in Revelations, who day and night go around God saying, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is holy. And that's all we become aware of. God's holiness. And the more time you spend with God, the more, time, the more you will walk in holiness. Amen. The more you will walk in holiness. I know the following example may resonate with some of you. It may have happened with some of you, just as it has happened with me. Have you ever been driving, and as you are driving, suddenly a Ford Focus pulls out behind you or beside you? Now, for most people, they do not know what a Ford Focus is. A Ford Focus is a police vehicle which roams around in Bulawayo. Just as uh, it's a term that we now use as just to describe a police vehicle, just the way we a Honda Fit is a Shiga Shiga. It is called, um, those descriptions, unfortunately, is, uh, are called association by infamy. It is something that you gain, uh, gains, uh, um, was it, uh, a description just because it has, it's, it's so, because of how bad it has become. And so 
um, the Honda Fit is a Shiga Shiga. Our fault focus is a police vehicle, and so you are driving, and suddenly a police vehicle is beside you or behind you, and as it comes up beside you or behind you, guess what? You become so aware of the presence of the police beside you or behind you. You may not be afraid of the police beside you or behind you, especially if you have no reason to be afraid of. Your vehicle license is up to date. Your car lights are all working. It's just been serviced. You, you, have, you don't have any offense that we know of or they know of. You are okay. So you have no reason to be afraid or fear the officer or the officers in the fourth focus beside you or behind you. But you will all admit one thing. You all become very careful in what you do next. When you come to a turn, instead of you normally turning and indicating as you turn, you indicate prior the turn, 10 or 20 meters away from the turn, you indicate. If it were possible, you would wind down your windows and give your hand signals, if it were possible, to show what a good citizen you are and what a good driver you are. When you come to a pedestrian uh, crossing, you stop. Even if a cockroach is crossing. Because you are a good driver. When you are in a 60 kilometer uh, zone, speed limit zone, you keep it at 60. Try it in Botswana, you will see. You will keep it at 60. And the reason why you are doing that is because you are aware of their presence and you are careful to do according to their presence. Therefore, your conduct is in accordance to their presence. Are we together? Your conduct is in accordance to their presence. Now, when we go to Genesis 39 verse 9, Potiphar's wife says to Joseph, Sin with me. And Joseph says, how can I do such a great sin against my God? Potiphar's wife, I mean Potiphar, is not there. His servants are not there. But guess what? Joseph is away of God's presence. He is very, very much aware of God's presence. And therefore, he will not sin because of God's presence. Ladies and gentlemen, the word of God in Hebrews 13 verse 5 says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. It says, it says behold, I am with you all, always until the end of the age. God is always with us. He has made his residence, his abode, his dwelling place inside of you. It is amazing the places we take God to. Because we are never aware of his presence. We think God is so far away in heaven. But when you have that mindset that God is right here in me. Your conduct is 
or will be in accordance to his presence. Let me close with this. In Philippians 2, verse 12 to 13. Philippians 2, verse 12 to 13 says the following. Therefore, my beloved, that word again, my beloved, it is never used to describe anyone who, is, who, who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and has never received Him. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The problem with this verse that, mo that I've seen most people do is that they say, Oh, I need to work out my own salvation. But that scripture tells us who is already working in you, already worked it in you. It says, For God, it is God who works in you. Therefore, your duty is to work out what God has already worked in you. And so Paul there is saying, as in my presence you obey when I am around. But much more in my absence, obey. Paul is talking of himself. He's not talking of God there. He's talking of himself. But ladies and gentlemen, all I'm saying to you is, if we're going to live a life of holiness and being devoted to Christ, we need, and this is what, if you're going to take anything back home with you today, we need to be aware of who Christ is and not see Christ in the flesh anymore. Not regard Him in the flesh, but regard Him in the Spirit. He is Master and Lord in your life. But also we need to be aware of His presence all the time. And therefore, if we are aware of His presence and we recognize and see Him as Master and Lord in our life, our holiness will be complete, as 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 says. So Father, we give you thanks and praise. Though it is very cold, Father God, I thank you that your word warms and warmed us up, Father God. I pray, Father God, that as your word has been spoken, Father, that it is, it becomes a reality in our lives. That, Lord God, it reigns and rules in our lives, Father God. Where there is sin, Father God, where is there, there is that weight of sin in our lives. We pray, Father, through your spirit to help us, Father God, to overcome it. For you overcame it by your blood on the cross. We pray, Father God, and we declare that we are no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness. And as slaves to righteousness, Father, we are dead to sin. And so, Father God, we pray right now that, Lord God, you reveal yourself to us and in us, Lord God. That we may see you high and lifted up. We may see you, Father God, just as you are. And we may not regard you in the flesh, but regard you, Lord God, in the spirit. 
for your word says those who come those who come to God must come to him in spirit and in truth and so father God in your name we pray right now father God those who do not know you we pray father God that they do get to know you those father God who are struggling and walking in sin father God I pray right now Lord Jesus Christ that same too they get to know you father God I pray in your glorious name father God they get to know the love that you have you have toward them and Lord Jesus Christ I pray for the week ahead I pray father God for those who have struggled during this week the past week I pray father God that they become more aware of your presence and become more aware, Father God, that you will never leave them nor forsake them. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen and amen.